Good evening. Our top stories tonight. What an explosive day at the franchise tag deadline. We got Lamar Jackson. He gets the non-exclusive franchise tag, gets $32 million this year. But anyone, absolutely any team can negotiate with Lamar Jackson now. We actually got six players to get the non-exclusive tag. We got Deron Payne, the defensive tackle. We got Evan Engram, the tight end. We got Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs, the running backs. And then we got Lamar. Teams can start signing these players if they want on March 15th, but really no one's going to pay two first round picks for any position, but a quarterback Lamar Jackson, he's the only one, but could there be some collusion keeping Lamar from getting that bag? We also have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers meeting with the jets, meeting with the owner of the New York jets, Woody Johnson. We've got Geno Smith who actually came in at $25 million a year while Daniel Jones He's making $40 million a year. He gets that bag. Saquon gets the tag. And we got to talk about the New York Giants. Preview this offseason. All that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. I have so many friends in the chat, including Fantasy Condo. Lamar with the non-exclusive tag feels like a Ravens misstep. Let Lamar go and get paid according to Ricardo. Amen, Ricardo, from our friend Michael. Free Lamar from our friend Alan. Barry and Baxter reporting from duty. Happy to have you on the show. Justice for Bijan. Lions to pick Bijan at 18. Make it happy. What if they don't have that 18th overall pick? What if they have Lamar Jackson instead? Happy to have Chad Skaggs back on the show. So many familiar faces. Always love when you can tune in live. But we got to talk about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Gets the non-exclusive franchise tag. So he's going to be making $32.416 million this year. Okay, that's not going to happen. Or at least you would think, you would think, out of all the quarterback needy teams, that someone would be putting in an offer for Lamar Jackson. And we had reports. We had reports that the Atlanta Falcons were in on Lamar Jackson, that during the combine, they made some progress. And then we heard today from a bunch of sources that Falcons... Not in on Lamar. Now, I kind of, it's tough. I don't really believe it because they're just reporting what they're told by the teams. But Jay Glazer, Jay Glazer is very seldom wrong. So could the Falcons actually be out on Lamar Jackson? Could the Dolphins be out on Lamar Jackson? We've heard rumors from Rich Eisen that Tom Brady could come out of retirement. Tom Brady came out today to deny those rumors. He is too busy watching after a little kitten. And we all know how difficult it is watching over a kitten. Sansa, very unhappy that I lifted her up there. For those of you on the podcast, my cat got mad at me. She was not happy. But who is happy? It's Toronto, Dave. Always happy to have you on the show, my friend. But back to these teams. Back to these teams and Lamar Jackson. Falcons reportedly out. Panthers reportedly out. Which seems wild, but... According to sources, the Panthers are going to be super aggressive on trading up to that first overall pick. And I get it. I get it. If you've got your sights set on a quarterback, if you as the Carolina Panthers think that your window is down the road, you don't want to pay Lamar Jackson. Now, I, I, that one, I do believe. Dolphins, they're holding out for Tom Brady. They believe in Tua. The Falcons, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe that the Washington Commanders are out on Lamar Jackson. The thing that makes that one weird, is the money because in order to pay Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract you have to have that money on hand to put in escrow 
to be locked away for the, when the time comes, you can pay Lamar Jackson what he is owed. And Dan Snyder might not have that money. And Dan Snyder also isn't the owner of the team in short order. So that makes this one kind of tough to maneuver. And they also, I don't know, that one's tough. The Raiders, probably a, a couple years away from competing, though we've heard that Aaron Rodgers could be interested in the Raiders. Seems as though they're out on Lamar. It's going to be interesting. Could this be a smokescreen? Very well. Could be a smokescreen for all of these teams, except the Panthers. I truly believe that they are looking for a rookie. Frank Reich wants to tie himself to his own guy that he handpicks. That one, I believe. But could it be collusion? Could these teams have come together and said, you know what? That Deshaun Watson deal was stupid. We're not giving another player a fully guaranteed contract. So we're just all not doing it. We're all not doing it together. Baltimore, you'll get to keep Lamar Jackson. Again, it's tough to throw around the word collusion. That is just a theory that a lot of people have online. And it could not be collusion. It could just be every owner independently saying, no, that was a stupid deal. Because a lot of owners came out publicly and said that was a stupid deal that Sean Watson got. Could that be the decision? The biggest thing that makes this Lamar Jackson situation weird is we know the Ravens offered Lamar Jackson $130 million guaranteed. No team is interested in calling Lamar Jackson because you don't have to sign him. You can call him. You can negotiate. You can talk. See how much over $130 million it will take. It costs nothing to flirt with Lamar Jackson if you're an NFL team. So the fact that so many teams are publicly coming out and denying it, either this is smokescreen season or something weird's going on. But we've got more than just that. We've got Cody's predictions on where Lamar Jackson will go. Pre-draft, if Lamar Jackson is moved pre-draft, Cody believes it will be to the Detroit Lions. And oh, I would love Lamar Jackson to the Detroit Lions because they wouldn't have to give up that sixth overall pick. They would give up 18th overall. And because you're going to have Lamar Jackson, obviously, if you're the Lions, you're expecting to go deep into the playoffs. So it's going to be a late first. That's all right. You still keep that sixth overall pick too. add more to the defense, add more to the offense. Doesn't matter. You've got Lamar Jackson now. The Dolphins. The Dolphins remain Cody's favorite, even though the Dolphins have come out and said, no, we're not interested in Lamar. Cody's calling BS. 50% chance that Lamar Jackson goes to Miami per Cody Carpentier, and we know Cody. He is the most plugged-in guy that we know. He's more plugged-in than I am. I report the news. I break the news a lot of the times. Cody, he's got all those whispers. Wild card is the New England Patriots at 15%. Wouldn't that be wild? Lamar Jackson for Mac Jones swap. And then a 10% chance that Mac Jones ends up in Baltimore. Uh, obviously, that, oh no, that does equal 100%. 25% Lions, 15% plus 10% for Baltimore and Patriots. That's another 25 plus 50%. Oh, wow. I am bad at math, but that's why I talk about football. I'm not a math guy. Some other franchise tags. We got defensive tackles. We got Deron Payne. No franchise tag for defensive tackle Draymond Jones. Some people... Thought that might happen, but no. Draymond Jones is going to walk. He's going to get a big contract. Evan Angram, he is still going to negotiate with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're hoping to sign him long-term. Something in the year, three-year range for Evan Ingram is what they're looking for, but we'll wait on that. And then we've got three running backs with the franchise tag. we got Saquon, who we'll talk about in a little bit. we got Tony Pollard, who doesn't seem like they're going to make a long-term deal with Tony Pollard. 
They got to figure out Zeke. I don't think they're going to sign Tony. Maybe next year. If he has a good enough year, that would be a Dallas Cowboys thing, but they could also draft Bijan Robinson, and that would also be a Dallas Cowboys thing. Finally, though, we have Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, Raiders really want Josh Jacobs around. According to Josh McDaniels, he could be lying, but Raiders like Josh McDaniels. Raiders say they're going to continue to negotiate with Josh Jacobs. We'll see. As for the players that didn't get the tag, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who the Eagles traded for, fifth-round pick, absolutely fleeced the New Orleans Saints. No tag for him. It's because the Eagles, they don't have a lot of money to spend right now. They are pretty deep in cap. They're going to try and continue to sign C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but he'll hit free agency, as will Draymond Jones, the Broncos' defensive tackle who we mentioned, as will right tackle for the Atlanta Falcons, Caleb McGarry as will Jonathan Jones, who for years was a slot cornerback for the New England Patriots. This past year, after they lost J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones transitions outside, plays great. Most teams still think he's a slot corner. Patriots have done this often. The New England Patriots will allow their players to reach free agency, not minus Tom Brady and some of the other stars, but Patriots will say, hey, you go out there, you shop around, see what you can get, set your own market, and then we'll talk. And a lot of the times it works out for the Patriots. Devin McCourty did it multiple times. Dante Hightower did it. Lots of these guys, they go out, they shop around, and then they come back to New England. Patriots are hoping that Jonathan Jones does that. And finally, we got some kicker news. Matt Gay was not franchise tagged by the Los Angeles Rams. He will hit free agency and he's probably going to have some interest because kicking around the NFL is just so, so terrible. Got some questions and comments here from our friends in the chat. Falcons might be out on Lamar because they plan on moving up in the NFL draft. That is true. That is very possible. We just haven't heard anything to that nature. I'll have to double check with Cody. But my main contention with the Falcons being out on Lamar Jackson is there's no way they're going in with Desmond Ritter as their starter when Lamar Jackson's on the table either. Like you said, Joe, they're moving up or this is a smokescreen. Better late than never. I am thinking the price on Lamar is too much, to be honest. Ooh, really? You don't think the Lions should trade for Lamar? We are not one player away from the ship. I don't know about that. When the player is Lamar Jackson behind that offensive line, it could happen. Digging Jack's Superman spit curl hairstyle today. It's it's kind of naturally been following like that lately. I, couple, last couple shows, it just I comb it over to the side and it just falls down. It's just the way that it is. Dolphins would need to acquire a first this year to get Lamar. Does it have to be a first this year, though? Because I know it's two first-round picks. Could it be a 2024 and 2025? That I am unsure of. If you know the answer, Joe, please let me know. I This is me genuinely asking. I'm not sure if that's how it works. I just know it's two first. But regardless, Aaron Rodgers. Will it cost more than a first round for Aaron Rodgers? Probably. But it seems as though Aaron Rodgers is on his way out with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has been honest that he thinks if the Packers are done with him, he just wants to hear it. He wants to know. He's not going to hold him hostage, apparently. So now, after this darkness retreat, we've heard whispers for weeks, for months probably, that the Packers are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Now, the Packers give Rodgers permission to meet with the New York Jets. They talked yesterday. Today, they continued to talk, and now today, the Jets organization, the entire, the, all everyone who matters is flying out to meet Aaron Rodgers right now, 
especially Woody Johnson, the owner of the New York Jets. We know that Woody Johnson wants Aaron Rodgers. So the fact that he's flying out to meet with Rodgers, it's going to take some time still. Sounds as though they're not going to, I don't know. It sounds as though Rodgers is going to be Rodgers and take some time. That's the best way to put it. Jets will go all in. Jets will try to get it to work right now. But it's going to be Rodgers. He's going to draw this out. He's going to meet with multiple teams more than likely. And the Jets are just going to be hung out waiting. Cody, again, predicts that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up with the Las Vegas Raiders. If that happens and the Jets have to settle for Ryan Tannehill or Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel bad for Jets fans. Going from Derek Carr as your backup plan to Aaron Rodgers to going for QB3 Jimmy G or Tannehill, or maybe they go for Lamar. Maybe the Jets go for Lamar if they miss out on Aaron Rodgers. Lots of moving pieces here. We know that Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner are both recruiting Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Going to be a fun offseason. I know I say that all the time, but it's already been a fun offseason, and it continues to be. That was a perfect play by the Packers, perfect dance partner, and they have no choice. I think it was. I heard a take earlier today. Forget who it was from. I apologize. Someone on NFL Network. I can at least give that credit. But the take was Aaron Rodgers is the guy that needs to be convinced that it's his idea. Everything has to be his idea. So the Packers are convincing Aaron Rodgers that it's his idea to finally leave. I get it. Rodgers needs to go back into his darkness retreat to consider whether he really wants to stay in the NFC North and suffer at the hands of the Lions at the end of his career. Aiden and Houston want another piece. This Lions team does want another piece of Aaron Rodgers. We're going to see. We're going to keep you updated on all of these stories. And one of the biggest stories of the day, obviously Lamar Jackson, that's going to be the biggest story of the offseason now, but probably the follow-up is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones signs a four-year, $160 million contract, $82 million in the first two years. Sounds as though those first two years are fully guaranteed. And then we hear $94 million of this contract is virtually guaranteed. And talking to our friend Anand, at Player Profiler, Anand isn't quite sure what this means. It's likely something that after the first year or second year of the deal, that will trigger some a $12 million guarantee in year three or four. Weird, but I don't know. Giants had to make it work, make it be cap friendly. Either way, $160 million. That's $40 million a year. That's $82 million guaranteed over the first two with the potential for an extra $35 million in incentives. And $40 million, that's that's what I've been saying Daniel Jones is going to earn in the ballpark of because that's the market at QB. But that's the same as Dak Prescott. That's the same as Matthew Stafford. That's the same as Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. That's the same as Dak Prescott, who is better than Daniel Jones. There are people already coming. Well, you know, if Daniel Jones continues to get better and Dak Prescott continues to regress, then it's a real conversation. What does that mean? If if oh, Daniel Jones, he's going to continue to get better. We know this. And then Dak Prescott, he's conti- going to continue to get worse. We know this. This is Now it's a conversation. No, it's not. It's not a conversation. Dak Prescott is better than Daniel Jones. And Giants just have to sit with that. The fact that they're paying Daniel Jones $40 million a year 
when Dak Prescott is making the same. And Dak Prescott's a lot better than Daniel Jones. But as I've said, this is what the market is. This is what the market dictates. Derek Carr making $37.5 million a year. I get why Daniel Jones makes 40. That's what the market is. However, when we find out that Geno Smith's contract is actually $25 million a year, it's not the $35 million that was originally reported, and it kind of still is. Geno Smith is likely to make $35 million, but he's got a lot of incentives. It's really $25 million a year. He's expected to hit most of the incentives to make $35 million a year, and he can make even more than that, but that's a big difference. $25 million for Geno Smith, a quarterback who can be elite, versus $40 million for Daniel Jones, a quarterback who was pretty good last year. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to slander Daniel Jones. He was good last year. He was accurate. He elevated his supporting cast. It's just going to be interesting to follow how this Geno Smith versus Derek Carr versus Daniel Jones contract ends up working out. And the Giants, they also, because they reached the long-term deal with Daniel Jones, this was the worry. If we don't reach a long-term deal with Daniel Jones, we don't have the franchise tag to place on Saquon. We signed Daniel Jones with about five minutes left before the deadline. Franchise tag, Saquon Barkley. Giants are running it back. $10.1 million for Saquon Barkley. This is the non-exclusive tag. But again, who's given up two first-round picks for a running back? It's not going to happen in the modern NFL. It just doesn't. You do that in Dynasty. You absolutely do that in Dynasty. And if you play Dynasty, you'll want the Dynasty Dominator app. It is the only app, the only true blue app in the App Store on Android that has everything you need from a Dynasty purpose. Trade calculator, trade analyzer, Lifetime value generator. You can compare players. Dynasty Dominator on your phone has it all. We have the rookie class. And it's the same information that you can get with the all-in package with the Dynasty Deluxe on our website, onplayerprofiler.com. Sign up now for the all-in package. You'll get the DFS Dominator. You'll get the Dynasty Deluxe. You'll get the all... You'll get everything. You will get everything with the all-in package. You'll get data analysis, which is being fully revamped. You'll get our player rankings. Sign up now. $180 value, $120 when you use promo code Jack when you sign up. So go sign up now. Get the all-in package. Secure that bag for yourself. Yeah, secure that bag like Daniel Jones secured his bag. And the Giants, the Giants still have a lot of money to spend. They are doing pretty well. They really are. Giants. Even after franchise tagging Saquon Barkley, even after signing Daniel Jones, the New York Giants have $36.7 million in cap space. That is fifth in the NFL. That's pretty damn good when you have just locked up the two faces of your team. And there's other ways to free up more. One we know is already going to happen. Kenny Galladay is going to be cut in short order. I believe it's March 15th is the official day that Kenny Galladay will be cut. And at that point, They'll either save $6.7 million if it is a pre-June 1st cut, or they'll save $13.5 million if it is a post-June 1st cut. They can do the same thing with Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams, $30 million cap hit, which is absurd. And it's crazy that the Giants are in such good position cap-wise when Leonard Williams, is a defensive tackle, is commanding $30 million against the cap. So they can cut him pre-June 1st, save $12 million. They can cut him post-June 1st and save $18 million, or... 
they can sign Leonard Williams to an extension, save $13.4 million against the cap. So something's got to be done with Leonard Williams contract. It's an extension, a restructure, cutting him out, right? Something's got to be done because $30 million is way too much in cap for a defensive tackle. I'm sorry. It just is. Even Aaron Donald isn't making $30 million against the cap. We also have Adoree Jackson, who there's no way they cut him. They could save up to $11.5 million if he's a post-June 1st cut, but we saw what the Giants' defense looked like without Adoree Jackson. They missed him severely. He was a baller. He was CB1. They'll bring him back for sure. They could extend him and save $7.9 million, which seems more likely. And the move that the Giants obviously have to make is extending Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence in the final year of his deal. $9 million can be created by extending Dexter Lawrence, and you get the franchise piece of your defense. That nose tackle, which will just make the other franchise piece of your defense, Kayvon Thibodeau, his life is going to be so much easier if you extend Dexter Lawrence. So go do it. Go save that $9 million, which will get you up to $35 million or $45 million in cap space. Then the Kenny Galladay cut, that's either either $58 million or 51. No, so I... Anyways, they're going to make a lot. They're going to save a lot. See, you're six. Ah, anyways, they're going to save a lot of money by cutting Kenny Galladay. They're going to save a lot of money by extending Dexter Lawrence. Giants are in good position. Now, they do have a lot of free agents, but the Giants are a weird team. They've got a lot of free agents. They've got a lot of starters, but this was a bad team. And a lot of players that wouldn't start for other teams. So Darius Slayton, I think he'll probably be back with the New York Giants. I think Richie James will probably be be back with the New York Giants. He was a starter in the slot, but that's kind of misleading because they started the year with Sterling Shepard in the slot. Kenny Galladay was supposed to be the outside receiver before he got hurt. Now Sterling Shepard, he's a free agent. I don't expect him to be back. I think they'll run it back with Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, and Richie James, but they got to add more. Daniel Jones needs more help to live up to that $40 million a year contract. But this is what I mean. These are free agents. They're not going to cost the Giants a crazy amount of money to bring back. And they'll also be upgraded on. So it's weird. They do need a starting center. That is the one thing the Giants need. John Feliciano, who started most of the year, he's a free agent, as is Nick Gates. Nick Gates, if you remember, he was the Giants starting center, suffered a gruesome broken leg, missed a couple years of football, came back last year, which was awesome to see. Played a lot of left guard because they already had John Feliciano at center and they needed help at left guard. So many injuries there. I expect them to bring Nick Gates back. The Giants absolutely love this guy. John Feliciano probably walks, but they drafted a bunch of offensive linemen recently. A lot of guards, a lot of tackles. So they're still in good position there. On the defensive line, a lot of linebackers are free agents, but Giants have a lot of linebackers to begin with because they had so many injuries. So Jalen Smith, they signed him after some injuries in training camp. He pl- he led the Giants in linebacker snaps, but he's a free agent. One I don't expect them to bring back. Tony Jefferson and Landon Collins. I know they're safeties, but for the Giants, because of all those injuries, Tony Jefferson and Landon Collins moved from safety to linebacker in their later years of their career. Played a lot in the slot too, but mostly they were true linebackers. They hardly played any free safety. Landon Collins, not even 10 snaps as a free safety. I think it was 13 for Tony Jefferson. So these were linebackers. They're both free agents, but the Giants got a lot of 
young guys in that linebacker room. Micah McFadden, Darian Beavers missed the whole season, but Giants thought he was going to be a starter before tearing his ACL and training kit. Expect Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers to be their starters next year. Maybe Tay Crowder alongside them too, but still, it's linebacker. Linebacker is a position you can paper over, fix on the cheap. It's not as important. Fabian Fabian Moreau, who was a corner for the New York Giants, he was a starter, but he was a starter because Aaron Robinson was injured and didn't really play up to his potential, and then Odori Jackson gets hurt. So, yeah, he's a starter, but he's not starting for a lot of other NFL teams. And then Julian Love, Giants are going to work hard to extend Julian Love. He might hit free agency. That would be a loss. Jihad Ward and O'Shane Zimenez, depth pieces at defensive end. Nick Williams and Justin Ellis, depth pieces at defensive tackle. But that's it. It's depth for the New York Giants and starters who wouldn't be starting from other teams. You understand what I'm saying? So the Giants... As good as they were last year, as surprising as they were, a lot of people think that the Giants are going to regress because they weren't a talented team. They weren't a talented roster. But I say the Giants are going to be even better in 2023. They're going to have a stronger roster. Maybe the record won't reflect it because Giants, the Giants won a lot of games. Maybe the record doesn't reflect that they're a better team in 2023 than they were in 2022. But it's not going to be hard to have a better wide receiver core than Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and Richie James. And I expect all those players to be back, but you sign one or two guys, you get Wandell Robinson returning. It's better. The offensive line, probably going to get better. You have your two bookend tackles. And Evan Neal, he missed quite a bit of time this year. Had okay fill-ins. You figure out your left guard position. You still got Mark Lewinsky as your right guard. And you could upgrade at center. Or you could run it back with Nick Gates. And on defense, you could upgrade a lot. Let's let's show you this Giants offense. L- look what I'm talking about. Matt Breida, free agent. So you need a backup running back. Isaiah Hodgins, he signed back on the cheap. Darius Slayton, free agent. But again, he's not. maybe he does break the bank in this free agent class. But at the same time, That's not hard to upgrade over. The Giants were such an overachieving offense and defense that it's not going to be incredibly difficult to improve on it. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, it, It feels weird to say. It's unconventional that the team that was overrated and played well above the sum of their parts, to think that, they're going to be better, but with a worse record. It It's counterintuitive, but I think it's going to happen for the New York Giants. They are going to be a better football team. They have so much money to spend. They've got draft capital. I The NFC East, with the New York Giants and with the Dallas Cowboys and with the Philadelphia Eagles for years, not a good division, but all of a sudden, I think it is. I think that the, I think that the New York Giants, despite everything, despite being that team that, well, you know, they've got Daniel Jones and they're, 
he's not throwing touchdown passes and they got a bad receiver core. Kenny Galladay's the free agent prize. He's not even playing snaps. Isaiah Hodgins, miracle breakout, but he could be Travis Fulgham and Richie James and Darius Slayton free agents. I get all that, but there's something about this Giants team and all the money that they have to paper over their problems. The Daniel Jones deal, it's interesting. It can be tough to stomach when you compare it to other quarterbacks around the league, but it's not devastating. And it could be pretty easy for Daniel Jones, given his accuracy last year, even if he didn't put up the big counting stats, his accuracy and his mobility. If the Giants upgrade around Daniel Jones, he's going to live up to that contract. And the Giants, even if their record is worse, they're going to be a better team in 2023. <laughs> 